Hello, Colin Lonely Adventurer here. Uh, just taking a quick opportunity this beautiful Sunday morning in week three-ish, week four-ish of quarantine to uh, reach out to all of the podcasts that I enjoy and just to express my gratitude to the creators of them to say thank you for doing what you do. Uh, I appreciate what you bring to the conversation about gaming and I appreciate how you uh, expose me to new ideas and new ways of thinking about games and just uh, sharing your joy for the hobby with us. So stay safe and keep gaming. Hi there, I'm Colin Green. You're listening to Spike Pit, but this is not one of my normal episodes. I'm calling these episodes my drive-by episodes, wherein I speak a little bit more candidly about the things that are on my mind. I'll be pulling less punches, maybe biting a bit less on my tongue. Now, if you think that's perhaps not such a good thing, then this is not the episode for you. Remember, this is a drive-by. A well-timed call-in from Lonely Adventurer there, right at the top of the show. I really appreciate the sentiment of this call-in, and yeah, thanks a lot. Like he says, keep on gaming. That's the theme, really, uh, and the message behind this episode. Check out Lonely Adventurer on his podcast, Camping with Owlbears, where he's talking about how his game is going at the moment. So, you put out an episode, you never know how it's going to go, what sort of response you're going to get, whether whether the episode will capture people's imaginations or not, so on and so forth. And I'm pleased to report, I've got some useful advice from fellow gamers and anchorites, I'm going to address those call-ins shortly, but... This is, this is where we stand at the moment. Tonight, I'm going to be having another go. It's online. And following some of the, the advice from the callers, and it's a little issue that's been on my mind. I've been giving it some thought. I want these games to be good. I don't want my hobby to dwindle away for lack of effort. So, let's get to the call-ins, and then I'll talk a little bit more about my plan. Hi Colin, Spencer here. No, it's not Barney doing a voice. Uh, It's the real Spencer. And I've uh, been enjoying your last few episodes, as always. And I was thinking about what you were saying regarding um, keeping players' attention. Now, I'm not sure... I don't have any advice from a GM perspective... And I'm not sure there's an awful lot you can do about that during play other than encourage players to maybe, you know, before they even get online, just spending a little time kind of preparing their area for play. Just sort of, even if it's just making slight minor adjustments to the area around them. But uh, I think that kind of almost emulates that whole process of sitting down at a table and getting set up and I think it's very easy to underestimate just how much of a change that can make just spending a couple of minutes even 
just considering what's around you and maybe putting away things that might distract you during play. And it's something that I sort of picked up whilst training as a counsellor. Um, if you just spend a few moments before a client comes in thinking about the room, because quite often I would go into a room that was being used by someone else and I'd set it up how I want it to be. And I might not even actually physically have to change anything about the room, but it's all about just spending that brief moment considering the layout and thinking about that space you're going to be working in. And I think that can make all the difference. So this is a this is a great, simple, easy to implement suggestion from Spencer. Very practical. And I think intuitively, this is something I would normally do. But something's got a little bit lost switching to online play. And I'm, I'm going to address that. What I've come up with is we're going to relocate into the living room. Got a large coffee table there that I've put together myself um, <laughs> it's actually some drawer units with um, a laminate top that's made from some old doors uh, it's better than it sounds honest and the drawer units house a load of miniatures so it's like a quite a strange bit of furniture that you wouldn't expect to find in the average home it's about I'll say it's, I think it's four foot by three foot, something like that. So it's a decent size, but it is quite low being a coffee table. But I figured out that the three of us could sit along on the sofa with a tablet opposite us on the far side of the table. And we'll have plenty of space to lay out books and dice in front. So what I've done is I've bought three of the players, myself, two other players all together in one room and importantly the two players that need the most help are the kids and I'm going to be right on hand so the experience I was having with online gaming is actually I'm cheating it's lessened because I've now got two of the players that are not online really we've got a normal face-to-face -face group with just another player remotely joining us so I was making my problem worse really just trying to kind of run an online game like I'd run any normal online game so the kids were remote on their own devices and I thought to myself I'm not really sure why I'm doing that and the reason I was doing it because I was I wanted to stick with my current setup play in my room on a desk I've got a desktop computer a couple of monitors and all that but I don't need all that so I'm going to leave that to one side and I'm addressing my space just as Spencer suggested and the other thing I'm doing is I'm keeping it simple and that is where we uh, pick up with Barney so thanks for calling in Spencer let's see what Barney of Loco Ludus has got to add into the discussion hi Colin so online gaming at the current time I was all you know flush with optimism at the beginning of all the lockdowns here there and everywhere that you know loads more gaming could take place it's just not true um, there's 
loads of homework for the kids to do there's loads of other stuff if you if you want to take advantage of the time to do anything else then that's just coming in on the time let alone podcasting or any of the other other kinds of things so um i've been in all of that trying to get some games going not just taking part in the uh the the other anchor games you know jason is partly out of the picture um yeah um you know it's difficult to get into dave's black hack game for me sometimes as you've said a little bit too late uh just the timings i've got to get up early the next morning all of those kinds of things but also i think i thought it'd be quite nice to just gm some some easy games for for more local people so not so much with different time zones that was a consideration i've also had a couple of friends who either uh, haven't role played before but are quite interested and so I've been trying to get them into it or other friends who are often off doing their own thing and trying to actually get the chance to play with them um, or people uh, that, that, that have played and don't have that much chance to do it so a little bit of that sense of thinking right okay well if people are cooped up who can i who can i engage specifically with a bit of role play who wouldn't otherwise do it so what am i talking about anyway online gaming so i've actually managed in the last week or so i've done two i've gm'd two games online mouse ritter and Electric Bastion Land. Um, totally sitting in my comfort zones there. Mouse Ritter has been a lot of fun. I'm hoping we can get a second game in and and let that mini campaign grow. Tonight I'm calling in fresh after uh, GMing Electric Bastion Land. I thought I was aiming for a one-off session but it, I think it's turned out to be a bit of a mini campaign. And just to respond to your point about the time it takes or how far you can get in a couple of hours online or in person, I think there's this, this kind of expanding and contracting thing. And in a way, things need to take as long as they need to take. For example, you know, a combat encounter might be really quick and it might also drag on you know that's that's something that you can't really anticipate so uh, you know that's really interesting to see and sometimes you want to move quicker you know and, and that's what you need to do and sometimes you want to slow it down again and and I don't think that massively matters whether you're online or in person but I've kind of been dodging the question really I've been running these games ultra basic. In fact, I've just been using WhatsApp um, 
in the Mouseritter game, there's one player who basically only has WhatsApp. There isn't Skype, there isn't anything else. There's not really any online possibility, other possibilities. Um, so that's that's why that is like that. And I did it again tonight, just out of ease. Um, you can have, I believe, a maximum of four. That's really nice. GM, three players. That's a nice number to manage. My son commented after the game tonight that he just so much prefers in person and I really keep that in mind and I and I'm really thinking that I want to you know make that the priority but you know here we are here it is generally and in this specific little window of time hopefully little window of time um of course it's irritating when the the connection drops out and between four people you know when that happens it's it's really tricky when people are joggling between uh a bot a dice rolling bot and their and their and their whatsapp screen and in those moments rolling your own real dice at home is just so quick and so easy there's no clicking and i know when it works a bot is or an app is super quick as well and it's all fine and everyone can see it lardy da lovely but it's just being able to pick up a dice and roll it you know that's fantastic so ultra basic for me it's fine and you know i like i say i've got no time I've got no time to actually prepare. I tell you, I am literally just making it up as I go along and it's and it's working out fine and but I've got no diagrams to share. I've got nothing. It's it's theatre of the mind and it's theatre of the mind totally improvised. So there you go. That's all. See ya. So Barney covered quite a lot of ground there and I hope I'm not doing him an injustice or a disservice by suggesting that I think the 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 main thrust of his calling was this idea of keeping it simple. It's uh, the old uh, kiss, keep it simple, stupid, and it's something I try and live by. Really, I'm I'm a little bit of a minimalist at heart. I do uh, stray from the path at times, but I think it comes back to uh, my design training, my um, my love of simple things, and also it did quite a, a bit of hiking and backpacking. I was always trying to pare down the weight of my pack because you really feel every you know, half pound or 100 grams, maybe even less than that. It all adds up. I was the type of guy that was sawing the uh, handle off of a toothbrush, um, just living off of cold, dry rations to avoid taking cooking equipment, stoves, etc. And just it, it got to the point where, you know, I wouldn't take a tent, uh, then I was looking at ways not to have a sleeping bag and all the big ticket items that really weigh down your pack. Anyway, I digress. I like my minimalism. I like my ultralight backpacking. 
I like my kind of gorilla podcasting, just using a phone. Why would I do my gaming any differently? And really, I tend not to. Sometimes there's a few bells and whistles that I think I'd like to add, and and they normally fail. Things like sound effects and music. I've I've more or less come down to I quite like a theme tune at the beginning, and that's simple enough in the face to face group. Um, I'd I'd like to keep that in my online game, but for the for the remote player. I think the sound quality, if I'm just playing something over a speaker, I just think the sound quality is going to be a bit iffy and I don't think it warrants really doing anything more involved. But we'll we'll see. For now, what we've got is so we're on a coffee table, like I said, the three of us lined up on the sofa. I've just got like a Galaxy Samsung tablet and I'm running Google Duo. Now, if you run that through Chrome you on like a, a desktop you can only have like a, a person-to-person conversation so groups are not supported but if you run on an android device groups are supported that's how i got into using it but what i found was with this new setup obviously there's only one remote player so i could in i could in fact set up my laptop if I do that, then I'm going to probably get out the Yeti mic. I'm going to get out a webcam to get a better picture. I'm then going to want to plug in my internet because it would be tempting with the router just across the other side of the room just to run a cable so that I'm not on a wireless network and all sorts of things. And then straight away, that you can't really call that simple anymore. All right, it's not complicated, but... I'm going to go with just trying the tablet. That's it. One device sat on the table. I stuff in front. Running Google Duo. I've got the kids there face to face and a remote player. That, I think, is pretty simple. The um, The software itself is, re- is really cool. I like it. I'm like Anybody who's listened to me before will know I'm not too great with technology. I'm not a man for pressing buttons when... I can't see what that button is doing. I like kind of mechanical things where I can figure stuff out and I'm a little bit lost with computer technology. Don't get me wrong, it's it's cool and handy and does great what I would basically regard as magical things. It's just like magic to me and it I get flummoxed pretty easily, especially when I'm trying to run a game. So this simple thing, it'll just be sat there, picture of my budski on there, and like a little window with us sitting there in it, should be fine. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that Barney's getting some games in, and I think his thing about the um, the time zone is interesting as well. That can get a little bit tricky trying to get schedules worked out and stuff. Thankfully, a lot of the American guys have been really good in um, running early games, so early in the morning for those guys in the States so that in the UK we can we can play like mid-afternoon and stuff. Um, I'm really bad at the late games, but that, that 2 o'clock window in the UK for me is quite often 
seven or eight o'clock in the, in the states, you know, a.m. So they can get up, I suppose, run a game quite early in the morning, perhaps while the house is quiet. They can sneak in a little game and then get on with their day. For me, on this side of the Atlantic, uh, you know, lunch or afternoon dinner is usually out of the way. I'm digesting, just get a little game in before I sit down with the family in the late afternoon or evening. So it's, it, is, it is a good slot. Um, and one that is normally pretty full on my schedule. Next caller, Che Webster, Roleplay Rescue. And uh, he works as a teacher, so he's got some good insight into some tricks he uses as a teacher. And, and that's what he's, he's really calling in about here. Let's hear what Che's got to say. Hey, I'm Colin, it's Che. I'm out on my morning half an hour work, you know, as is allowed. And, uh, just been listening to the first part of your drive-by, asking for tips dealing with online gaming, especially with young folk. And, and I'm, I don't know, I'm no expert on online gaming. I've been doing it for a while now, and I use Fantasy Grounds, but um, I don't think, I don't think there's a lot I can offer on that front. What I can say is about teens, and my experience running an hour and a half session after school with teenagers, man, you have to be really focused. And I think a couple of things, just bear in mind their attention span, um, which, as a rule of thumb, is about their age, okay, um, plus about uh, 15 minutes or so. So if they're, uh, well, if that, really, probably about 10 minutes. Um, so actually, if you've got a 15-year-old kid, you know, 25 minutes. So that's my first thought. And obviously, with that thought in mind, I would suggest, like, a lot of little breaks. I um, usually, at the table, take a couple of minutes um, if we're in a long scene and I just, just take a couple of minutes, allow them to go get a drink or go for a pee or whatever. I uh, know that eats into my game time an hour and a half, but it does allow them to come back focused. The second thing with them is you've got to be highly visual. I found that using miniatures and visual stuff, um, doing tactical combat, all those things, that's what focuses the mind. Now that's harder to do the way you're doing it. And that's why, you know, I always end up using things like fantasy rounds, um, roll 20, but, it is going to help with the teams. They're focused. If they get something visual, that helps big, big time. And the third thing was just actually bear in mind that you need, with that attention span, you need to be changing scene fairly frequently. High pace of game. And it's very different from the kind of game I would have with an adult where I'm slowing down, trying to get immersion, trying to get into detail. These guys generally want to do stuff. Last thing to say is just a little old teacher's trick, which is if you're trying to get their focus, go quiet. And I mean, absolutely go silent until everyone shuts up. Um, this is much more effective across the table. But if you're using video, you can do that. You can kind of stare out at them and just remain silent. And trust me, it works. And I can't recommend enough the idea that you could just wait for their attention. They will give it to you. And once you've got it, they'll want to keep giving it to you. And that's a great, great thing. So... You know, the power of silence. Don't be afraid of it. Anyway, I hope any of that is of use. Um, obviously, it's just what I use in a classroom, which is slightly different. But it does um, work for me when I'm doing hour and a half games. And I've got kids, teenagers. Just my thoughts. Hope you're well, man. Game on. So some top professional tips from Che there. The idea, the silence idea, the silent treatment. I'm definitely going to try that one. I've, I've 
believe I've heard Shay talk about that himself on Roleplay Rescue, his, his own show there. And at the time, I thought, yeah, I can see that working. I might have might have used it a little bit in, in face-to-face games. And, of course, now that I'm having a little bit of a change around, I perhaps won't really be able to try the staring into the camera approach uh, because I'll have the kids with me. But I know, I know it's a good technique. It's a bit like if you just start shouting louder and louder and louder at people, they seem to listen less and less. And if you speak quietly, people have to kind of be quiet to hear what you're saying. And I, I think it's a similar idea. And, of course, silent is taking that one step further. You know, are the people or the kids in particular, are they thinking, why has he gone quiet? Oh, this is not right. And then then they're focusing on you again, wondering what's going on, because they get sort of, I imagine, as a DM, people get a little bit suspicious at that point. So that's a good one, and I will bear it in mind for sure and make sure I take full advantage of it where I can. It's almost, is it reverse psychology in a way, perhaps? The um, attention span's an interesting one because I think with my kids, they, they're a little bit more used to sitting still and paying attention because they've been brought up in a gaming household playing board games and my family are not that tolerant of uh, tomfoolery and messing around. The gaming's taken quite seriously. We still have fun, but fun with a purpose. And they've learned that, you know, if they want to play with, with the adults and get involved in some of the more serious games and not be stuck playing children's games, then they need to kind of focus and, um, you know, be a little bit mature with their behaviour. I'd say my eldest, I reckon you're easily very good for an hour. My my daughter, she's coming up for 13, and you're lucky to probably realistically get about half an hour, but you, you've really got to cut down external distractions with her. She will get distracted quite easily because she hasn't got the same investment as my son, Sonny, who he's been on the podcast numerous times. Regular listeners will know that you know he is into his games, his fantasy, his D&D, painting his miniatures. He's full on into the hobby. So it's quite an easy sell for him and an hour. So really, I've got to get over this little half-hour bump. Shay mentioned it, talking about pacing. I'll keep the pace high. I'm going to keep the scenes changing. I'm going to move the camera around, as they say. So my daughter, I quite often will fire questions at her to the point that sometimes she's a little bit conscious of not knowing what to say when the questions come her way. So I'll uh, I'll use that as a chance to involve the other players, maybe like my son, to offer her a little bit of help and maybe make some suggestions. And we'll, we'll keep the dynamic play the pace going so um, when we hit the hour that's like halfway through this two hour session we'll take a quick break I feel stretch the legs comfort break refresh glasses and drinks 
maybe get a few snacks out, stuff like that. Keep them locked into the game, though. We'll only break for, you know, maybe f take five and then straight back. I'll grab the scene with something, a little bit of action to pull everybody back in. And then we'll play out the other hour with maybe the, the second half split halfway. So something at the 30 minute mark. Um, it's those 30 minutes that I need to think about a little bit. Maybe it'll just be a scene change. Um, don't know yet. We'll see how that works out. But thanks very much for the uh, call in, Jay, and that bit of professional advice from a man who's dealing with uh, youngsters all the time. Hey, Colin, Jason here. Uh, I don't have, I wish I could give you great advice on running games online. You, you've seen how I do it with, you know, a visual way to throw up pictures and whatnot, and occasionally I'll put in sound effects. But I'm, I'm sure you'll quickly surpass me in all those things. As far as lingering injury table, yes, I'm a huge fan. I have not incorporated that in my game. I've thought about it. Uh, I Like for the Altered State game, I've thought about it. In fact, I podcast about it. But I, I'm a huge fan that if you have to do death saves, you should have some kind of lingering effect from that. You know, permanent scarring or mental disability or something. Um, so, some kind of hindrance from coming back. So I'm a huge fan of that idea. Other than that, hang in there. I hope all is going well. And I will talk to you again soon. Really happy that Jason called in and despite being super busy and slammed at work, I know he's got his whole family, their key workers in this crisis, going out there, uh, getting getting their job done. He's still calling in. He's, he's still trying to get his RPG fix, talking a little bit about lingering injuries there. This is something I'm going to be discussing with the players as well tonight. So um, wish me luck on that one. I think they might not be up for it. I don't know. I don't know. It could go either way, obviously. But I think it's an interesting thing to explore, whether they think it's a bit too much and feel a little bit protective of their characters. I don't know. Maybe they'll welcome it as a, a bit of flavour and, and maybe they too will like to develop their characters with these kind of strange or uh, not strange, strange isn't the word, perhaps colourful nuances. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'll let you know how we get on. Now, that isn't the last we've heard about lingering injuries. Hang on at the end of the show for that one. Holy crap, if rambling was an Olympic sport, I would be picking up all the gold medals for uh, Great Britain. Good grief. I've subjected you to more than enough. I'm going to call it a wrap there. Keeping this topic open, though, if you've got more to say, you know what to do. Call in, leave a message. Uh, you can hit me up with an email. Whatever, whatever you fancy, um, I'll leave it entirely down to you. Thank you for listening to this Spike Pit Drive-By episode. If you've enjoyed the show, consider spreading the word via social media. Take care. Catch you later.
there it is, mate. That first wanting to tweak the position thing. Lingering injury table, mate. What you're going to play 5e out of books. Okay, Josh, mate, but 